0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/slash acast and use code ACAST for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with actress Natalie Dew, and well more than anything, it's a right laugh. This is a really fun episode. Um and we talk about some great records uh, and we talk about some records that made Natalie laugh. And I promise I wouldn't laugh at her choices, but um, as you'll find out from the very first pick, uh, I snigger like a child. Um, it's such a great episode, this. And um, before we get rolling with it, a few thank you. So thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast and... As ever, biggest thanks go to you lot for continuing to support this podcast and do all the things you do on the socials. You know, you give us little likes and loves and shares and retweets and it really matters and it's really nice. And by all means, always drop us a message. You know, always love to hear <clears throat> your thoughts on the podcast, anything that you'd like to see change. Just, yeah, give us give us, give us some criticism. I'm, I'm up for it. I'll take it on the chin. Um, and, yeah, uh, also, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, when you get to the end of my uh, chat with Natalie, go and have a look in the archives because, um, well, if you like your your actors, then you can hear me talking to Amanda Abington, uh, Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, Michael Smiley, Thomas Turgoose, Oh, gosh, who else? Who else? Um, but if you like your music, you can hear me talking to Foo Fighters, The Killers. Fatboy Slim, Suede, Idols, Motley Crew, oh gosh, the Wonder Stuff, uh, the list goes on. Lots of comedians, James A. Caster, Ed Gamble, Maisie Adams, Jade Adams, Rich Wilson, Marcus Birdman, loads and loads of comedians have been on them, they're always ace chats. Um, yeah, go have a rummage in the archives when you've finished um, with today's chat. Um, and yeah, let's talk about today's chat. Um, you Ready? good okay here we go then please enjoy today's episode of off the beaten track podcast with Natalie Dew sorry I've interrupted the podcast but with good reason Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors you know that now because I tell you about it every episode but they've been super kind now and you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar and there's gins cream liqueurs all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies um and what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beaten track listeners, go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place. hotelchocolatcom forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. hotelchocolatcom forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stew Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Nally, how are you?
1: I'm really well, thank you, Stu. How are you?
0: Good, good, good. I mean I'm liking this facade that we've uh we've not had a conversation already about the fact you've got squirrels living in your loft. <laughs> You're not fine, are you? You're having no, a meltdown about I'm these squirrels.
1: An absolute mare. I don't know what to do. It's like the Sylvanian families, but like extreme. Um, That's
0: but- the name of the Channel Five documentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do, I feel terrible about it and I um I think they're just going to have to stay. They're going yeah. to have to stay. Okay. It's okay. I'll just put headphones in and <laughs> worry about the damage later, you know.
0: Well, um, Natalie, before we get on with your, your, your song picks for today, I'm um, just mm. going to ask you to cast your mind back um, mm. over the last sort of 18 months. And just tell me a little bit how, how you found uh, lockdown, both personally and creatively.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, it was really hard. I think I sort of took for granted how much people make up my whole being slash existence slash happiness. So I think not, not getting giggles from so many people was actually just a huge, huge thing. And um, yes, I find it really difficult, but I am an only child. So I, I have an understanding of being isolated or being Lonely, as it were. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite good at making my own entertainment. Uh, however, I mean, my boyfriend would say that's absolutely a lie because my neediness value went up to like I mean a thousand. Yeah. And so I think what I found really hard was getting my validation from one person. So if he didn't applaud me after I made a dinner, I was sort <laughs> of like, well, do you do you hate me? Like I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, are you trying to make me cry? I don't understand. So I think I think that level of <laughs> awfulness was 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 there but I think creatively I well I think what was odd but also nice was having space to be in your head which I'm not a great I don't love being in my own head I would rather Mm -hmm. be most other places but um but actually having that time to explore reading or or you know watching things and, and solely watching things not being fixated on my phone or like just giving you know attention to one specific thing i think was was a real lesson that i took from it and and going outside like walking
0: it's so crazy isn't it how i (sighs) mean i love the fact that that we're constantly talking about lockdown with words such as like was and when not not as in like we're we're still in it which is lovely because we're recording Mm. this in in october um Mm. and it is so strange how them little things that I guess maybe pre-lockdown sometimes oh, I'll just get an Uber or this is a ball lake but yeah. to just walk somewhere yeah was just joyous wasn't it
1: <laughs> yeah and I think also like I was I said it's like having holiday eyes where you live whereas when you're on holiday you're like oh look a rock oh look you know a piece of brick and you and you sort of lose that where you are and I think I was in London and so to suddenly see London in a completely different landscape and also yeah. I went into the centre of London a couple of times and it's just so beautiful, but you never see above a certain height because you're so faced with people. You don't really notice anything. Yeah. So to have those holiday eyes and sort of being like, Do you know what, London's actually really pretty, and the architecture is like, there's loads to look at, yeah. but you just you're never afforded that that glimpse of it, as it were.
0: Absolutely, it's it's so strange. I went I went into a, a, an office um, which which kind of gave up during lockdown in Shoreditch, and about three weeks into lockdown when it was just like, even if you go outside and breathe, you're going to get it that kind of hysteria. I thought, I need to go to my office and, and, Mm -hmm. and and collect some stuff. So, um, I I kind of drove, I mean, I live in Essex and drove into, into Shoreditch and I'm a club promoter. So I've put events on in Shoreditch for the last sort of 10 years as well. And so Mm -hmm. I'm used to seeing thousands of people at any given point, like hopefully come into my venue. Um, but I pulled up and I couldn't see one person. And I was like it was completely twenty-eight days later style. Yeah. Like and it, and I was just and I went into like this into this like we work shared office building to get my stuff and there was one security guy there, obviously all the offices were empty. And uh he refused to sort of even sort of like come anywhere near me. I just went, Oh hi and and swiped in to go to my office. But I had a cap on. I had a bandana, like, pulled up (laughs) over my nose. I had gloves on and and a rucksack and a bag. And I just literally run into this office and just grabbed, like, my Mac and all of this, like, anything that was of any value and then run back out of there. The CCTV (laughs) would have looked ridiculous. Now, you think, three weeks ago, had I tried to have done that, I would have been arrested. Yeah. But as I was kind of sort of throwing it in the car... Before I jumped back in my car, I just stopped and I just thought, do you know what? Breathe this in a little bit because yeah. it's never going to be like this ever again. You're never going to see London like this. And it yeah. was it was beautiful and terrifying. Yeah. It was like, and, and yeah, and, but I think there was still an element of excitement. In, and, and I say excitement.
1: I know what you mean though. I like, do know
0: what you mean. Uh, you know, taking nothing away from the severity of it of like, oh my God, this is like, something we've never experienced like wow look at this and and then I think fast forward about two months and that excitement had gone (laughs) well out the window and I was like oh my god I was also kicking around the house thinking I've just hoovered why is everyone not applauding me
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's awful isn't it but like you it's you sort of regress like you feel there's something quite childish about Just wanting, like, yeah, just wanting claps. Like, why why am I not getting claps in my house?
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's applaud each other at the end of this podcast for, for an amazing job well done, right? Yeah, we will, we will, we will, we will. Right. Okay, Natalie, tell me the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro, please.
1: Okay. Can I just say, I'm so nervous about this whole experience because I've got a feeling I've got the worst taste in music of any guest you've probably
0: ever had. Okay.
1: So I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Um, You're going to roll your eyes a lot. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. It's very exposing for me. I'm I'm basically treating this like confession more than anything else. Okay. So my song with the greatest intro is the Baywatch theme. (laughs) (laughs) i'm always here jimmy jameson
0: it's a tune though isn't it
1: it's a great tune and like there's it's so anthemic
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i think anything with this really strong drum intro where you're being told that you're essentially being called yeah i think is what i what i look for um from an intro
0: i didn't expect (laughs) that I mean, this is um, this is one. Like, I haven't seen your your, your songs before, uh, and and I didn't mean to sort of like snigger when you said it because
1: <laughs> No, there's no judgment. I you know immediately.
0: <laughs> I did not expect the Baywatch theme. I mean, I you know, I'm 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 uh, I'm 48, so <laughs> when that television show came about. The opening credits as a, whatever, I was a 14-year-old lad. That was everything you could ever want from television. Oh, my God. I mean, dreamy. (laughs) Absolutely dreamy, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, to try and actually kind of bring some credibility to this. You're going to have to do this a lot during this podcast. It is a call of arms, isn't it? It, He's got a sense of urgency about it, hasn't he? Yes.
1: But also you've got the slight tinkling of, like, the piano. Like, there's a slight, you know... It's very seascapy. Yeah. I think that's, you know, there's that thing of like there's danger but also like yeah, it's rousing. Mm. Also I have a very strong affiliation of it being on when I was on nights out and it was very much like you you got fine and lifted when that song came on. <laughs> and I'm not saying it at all, you know, I wasn't I was not a victim. It was not something that I needed to happen, but there is something wonderful about being lifted and being lifted on a night out in a fireman's lift and I've got such a strong affiliation to that being like it's now it's coming it's now
0: yeah oh amazing I'm just picturing that every time you make dinner like your boyfriend just picks you up puts you down at the (laughs) table I am exhausting (laughs) oh wonderful Okay. okay I'm gonna take you back for track two Uh, Natalie, and ask you, please, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please.
1: Okay. So I was about three, between three and four, and it was Kylie Minogue, Mm -hmm. I Should Be So Lucky. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky that we had a VHS tape that had three of her videos on. And I think it was I Should Be So Lucky – je ne sais pas and locomotion
0: yeah
1: <clears throat> and basically it was just those three videos and i would burn i mean there's videos of me watching the video and i'm gurning watching this video i mean I, I i want to ingest it
0: yeah
1: um and i i think i i can remember that feeling of excitement of it's cool i don't understand it but i want it and she's brilliant and there's a bathtub and there's – it was just – there's so much visually pleasing about it uh, as well as listening to it. And I've got a really strong memory of thinking that that was happiness.
0: So that was the emotion, happiness? Yeah,
1: happiness, like pure, unadulterated, like, joy. Yeah. But also wanting it, like wanting to obtain it, like whatever that feeling was.
0: Yeah. But that's that's surely what how you've just described that. That's got to be – the template you know the, the final goal when you write when you try and write perfect pop songs that's yeah. that's what you want isn't it you want you want youngsters to be literally trying to get every possible you know squeeze every last drop of yeah. of, of that like absolutely
1: and I was so part I mean I'm, I'm an 80s sort of late 80s baby so like going into the 90s so I couldn't have been more the target audience in terms of all of that like i got all of the boy band era all of you know the then girl band era as well so like yeah i mean i mean it's so funny when i knew i was doing this i was like i feel like all of my answers are essentially going to be the top 40 or from like now 48 <laughs> because like <laughs> because that's that was my life you know it yeah. was it was very much you know sundays recording that and that was that, I mean you just ingested it that was your everything.
0: It's really interesting that at, at that age you would have just found like Kylie as Kylie the pop star not like yeah. so many of us that had been watching her on you know Neighbours for yeah for three or four years and you know that the, the product was tailor-made already by then you know now nowadays you don't have soap stars becoming pop stars I guess now your, your, your you X factors. And that's the same kind yeah. of marketing tool yeah, now, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's like,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: Put, put these people that, you know, look like the people next door yeah. on television for, for, you know, three months. And by the time they release their record, you, you know, they are, you know, they're back yeah. and you're in love with them. And it's, you know, the story's there and it's an instant hit, but yeah, it was, uh, go on. Sorry. I think
1: it's also, and no, no, I think it's also odd because like I now have such a strong memory of owning that video of, of the music video, whereas now obviously music videos are so accessible, but like to be able to see them yeah. and also, and the worlds they create and the sets they create, that it, no, I mean, I absolutely burned that tape through. Like I just couldn't have got enough of it.
0: It's, there's something really, and, and I'm always scared to go into kind of, you know, granddad territory when it was all just fields, but there is <laughs> there is something really lovely about that exclusiveness and elusiveness of, of music then where you could literally, whatever you could get your hands on, whatever scraps you'd, you'd, you'd yeah, oh devour. Whereas yeah. now I'm sure if you went on Instagram, you could probably see what Kylie had for breakfast this morning. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you only want that little glimpse behind the curtain, don't you? You don't want everything because it kind of takes the magic. I don't know if you agree with yeah. me, but
1: yeah, totally, totally agree. And also because they were other, mm. like there, there was that thing of, and I obviously I was around later where it became a lot, a lot more about sticker albums and, you know, the Spice Girls photo album and and, and things like that. So it was all, you always wanted to get more and more of their personality or more yeah. of it all to feel like you were their pal. Yeah. And they completely commercialized on that later on and mm. everything. But definitely in, in, you know, just to have this one tape of her. That just that was mine. Yeah. I didn't share it with anybody else. It was very like I couldn't nobody else in that room existed as soon as that tape was on. It was just purely a bonded connection over or, you know, TV. And where was home? Uh Devon.
0: Devon. Oh, lovely. Yeah. What beautiful yeah. place to grow up. Was it a, a lovely place to grow up?
1: Yeah, it was. It feels um yeah, it was. I was really lucky, uh, I think. Um, but then I obviously I was one of those children as soon as I got to an age as well, I was like, Oh my god, I want to be anywhere else other than here. Like sure. Whereas now I've got such a love and appreciation for it because it's of, of all the beautiful things that are around it. But, yeah, I was very itching to get out to to a city and just everything to be open past five and like be able to like, <laughs> I don't know, like do stuff after seven. And yeah, there was a lot of that.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm going to ask you for track thing and stay in them early years. And uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you to tell me, please, the song reminds you of your time at school, please.
1: Okay, so I, I don't really know the rules around this. So I, I want to do, can I do an honorary mention as yes, well? Yes, of course you can. Okay, so my honorary mention has to go to uh, Feeder, uh, Comfort and Sound oh, uh, album, but just the a, just the way I'm feeling was like yeah. I loved I loved Feeder, and I know um, he's been on the show. And I actually, when I was about eighteen, I bumped into uh, the main singer Grant in um, Camden Market. And I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you the main guy from Vida?" And um, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I am." And I was like, I was literally just staring at him, and he was like, "Have, have you got a pen or, or something?" I was like, "No, just no." Want, just
0: happy looking, thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm just telling you who you are. <laughs> um, then just sort of left it at that. But I had, um, <laughs> I have such a strong, uh, memory of walking to town and like you know, summers just spent walking to like anywhere to go and sit and really think about my feelings. And um and feeder just were a real soundtrack. So I have to I have to do an honorary shout out to Feeder because I, okay. I genuinely adored them. But if the the song uh that I'm gonna say is Little by Little um Oasis, which was just everywhere. It was just and it's and it it's funny because music at that time I really attached to people and little by little was uh, my best friend, Moo, uh, she was really into Oasis and we just really bonded over them and just loved them. Like they were just, yeah, we just we just adored them. And so Oasis is so tied up in my friendship with her, which is still, she's still my best friend in the world. Um, so, yeah.
0: Oh, it's, it's such a beautiful record as well. Uh, I think Noel thinks that, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh I I kind of prefer Noel's voice to Liam's. I know. I don't know if we're allowed to say
1: that. I mean you probably <laughs> are. Um I know I do as well, because there's I think there's oddly something quite um not pure, pure is not the right word, but he has there's a slight naivety sometimes to his, like his singing quality that feels quite I, it just doesn't feel jaded yeah. by anything.
0: Yeah. It's um, not as gnarly as Liam's, is it? I no. Uh,
1: it feels hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's yeah, there's something a bit more hopeful in um Whereas Liam's is is quite good if you're like on the 73 bus and you want to have like a bit of a cry or just feel really angry. Um, like <laughs> Knowles is a bit like there might be sun at the end of this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So how was school?
1: School was great. I mean, I, I know people have a really tough time at school and it is tough growing up, but like I loved school. I just, I, I love, I was, I, I was an only child. So like, yeah, being around all my pals all the time was just brilliant and loads of different groups of people and I think especially with music like I've got such an affiliation with with different people with different musics like one group of friends were really into American punk so like Blink 182 and all of that sort of vibe were were
0: huge and so you would have caught that kind of generation of American pie and all of that kind of
1: (laughs) not quite into some 41 but yeah Yeah. Blink 182 I was really like oh like it just I don't know. There's something so, so gloriously self-indulgent about it. Yeah. And like unashamedly so. And I just loved, and it was that sort of emo thing before emo was emo really. Yeah. But it was just about noise and feelings. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, I really, really liked that. And um, so, yeah, so it was, it was a nice sort of experimental time of figuring out, I guess, musically who I liked, but it, but I was always in loads of different camps. And I think you'll sort of see this from this, I guess, but, I was in loads of, I never really had a style of music. I never really religiously followed like a group. I was, I have quite a, you know, a, a varied taste, I would say, which I hope is good. But I think, I don't know, I get really worried that people, I don't know, sometimes I think people can be a bit snobby about music. And that's probably because my music taste is awful. But like,
0: I, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't understand why anyone would be snobby about music. I think but people are. It's, I've had, you know, I've had people from some of the, you know on paper coolest bands in the world on this podcast yeah their first records and their school records they're not cool they're like it's just what they were into and like yeah, yeah i think it's, it's yeah I, I i've never judged a lot i think it was like one of the first ones i ever done i think episode two the guy from block party chose something oh God, really so cool. cheesy and and i just thought Amazing. He set the he set the barrier there. That like, look, don't matter how cool you are. Don't come yes. on here and start making out. You are listening to obscure indie B sides when you were seven. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> happening. Like I know
1: he was watching
0: Kylie VHSs like everyone else. <laughs> come of course on, she we was. were all
1: doing it. <laughs> Not party. Yeah, absolutely. But I but I think there's something glorious about that because it, it's just the feeling and the memory that is attached to yeah. music. It's so yeah. It's so evocative, and I think. You spend so many years trying to fit in, or trying to be cool, yeah. trying to like who people yeah. like, and it's yeah, it's nice getting to an age where you're like, I just don't care.
0: Yeah, I do think it's like in them them sort of years where you said you had different groups and different music with them different. Yeah. Groups, I do think that that's a really important time because that's where I think a lot of people that need to kind of find that one group. That's mm. where they kind of find their tribe, and yeah, and and yeah, that will then dictate music, fashion where yeah. they go clubs, where they drink, where they go to pubs and stuff. Social like
1: circles, completely. all of that. yeah. Completely. Yeah, yeah. And I do think yeah. it's
0: like a really fascinating time there. And it's so good if you've got different pockets of friends that you can experiment with different music totally. and like scenes and stuff.
1: But what- it's a real gift as well. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you talked about this um, with other guests as well, but, it, it, you know, in the world of mixtapes and, and things like that and the gift that you sort of gave to people with that, I remember a lot of my music stuff came from people burning me a CD. Yeah. And like, because otherwise you weren't introduced to anybody. And I, I guess you sort of get that now with like the old Spotify playlist. Sure. If you go, you know, I don't know, dinner if I'm cooking a Chinese or, you know, whatever mm. you, you put into the search, you, you'll maybe hear something that you've not heard. But I think it's such a beautiful thing to give to somebody to go, I like this for these reasons. These make me think, and here is it, for you, you know, and, and you, it's the gift of that to someone. Absolutely. And I miss that. I absolutely miss that. I think it's such
0: a beautiful
1: thing to do for somebody.
0: Definitely, definitely. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. First track you bought from a record shop, please, Nally.
1: Um, First one, I really had to, I had to do some research on this one because I had a memory in my head, but then I had to go through dates and everything, and it just wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So I thought it was going to be Desiree, but it wasn't because I checked my dates, and it's actually back for good. By take that, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I wasn't even like a massive fan, but everybody bought it.
0: Yeah, I bought it. See? Yeah,
1: but Uh, also it was moody, and it was like again rain and loads of good things. (laughs)
0: what a review you're back for good by take that it's like rain and good things anything else
1: no just you know just some rain and i think it was in black and white so it was was loads of the great qualities of music of that time
0: yeah it did i suppose it did feel like maybe the first like grown-up song take that had done do you know do you know what i'm saying yeah. It, it felt yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit more... They'd, they'd obviously, this was around the time of, I guess, Britpop and Oasis and yeah. lots of guitars. And obviously, this was guitar-led, wasn't it, with the, yeah. the acoustic and stuff. And yeah, had a bit of rain and some good stuff. It's rain and some you? good stuff.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, it was like you got a real glimpse into their pain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Whilst, Howard, whilst Howard's doing the splits in a puddle. Oh. <laughs> I felt that pain yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, I felt, I mean, really felt that crotch pain. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, sadly, I think that was, the, I really wanted it to be something cooler, but of course it wasn't. I mean, look at the state of me. Like, it's just, no, it wasn't cooler than that. It was, take that.
0: And so in them formative years when you was at school and stuff, did you, did you know what you wanted to be?
1: No, I knew I acting was always sort of alongside my life. Uh, but when I got to school, I, I actually did it a, separate from school because I got really embarrassed about everything. So, oh, really? The thought, yeah. The thought of like performing or singing or doing anything in front of my peers was just mortifying. And also because I went to a mixed school. So, I just, you know, it's, and the added layer of the opposite sex is just really complicated. I think like I totally would have thrived if I was at a girls' school, but yeah. it was, it is, it's, it's, yeah, you just, I don't know. I think you're, you're being passionate about anything is quite difficult at that age because you're constantly testing to see if it's okay. Yeah. So you're not really actually living the passion of it because there's that fear of going, if I expose myself in any way and it's not, this could be crushing. Yeah. Um, so I actually kept it really, really separate. And it was only when applying for, for drama school, when I towards leaving secondary school, that I started to say to people, like, I'm going to give it a go and see if it, it goes anywhere. And uh, yeah, loads of people were really shocked. They were just, yeah.
0: Did it seem like, and I mean this with the greatest respect, did it seem mm. possible you know, a career in the arts, living in Devon?
1: Um, I mean, yes and no. Yes, because I knew people did it, but also I didn't really have... I mean, my parents were very encouraging to a certain degree, but also they didn't understand Mm. it massively. Um, So, yes, in a way, because I knew people did it, but also it just felt like a punt. It didn't really feel like... I don't know. And also I was at that age where you can't really see past like a year.
0: Yeah, of course. So
1: I, longevity doesn't really, I I couldn't really associate myself with that, but it was mainly getting to drama school. So I just used to get that train up to London all the time to do the drama school auditions. And it was, it was only really once I'd got in that I was like, oh my God, there is a whole world here that I just hadn't been party to. And I'd had bits of it um, in Plymouth and, you know, other theatres around Devon of of musicals and, and certain people coming down, but also we are, you know, you are slightly outside of the London sphere or like sure. all of that. So the stuff that you're getting, I only really knew about three musicals, yeah. and and didn't really see that many plays. So it was yeah.
0: So did you relocate to London for drama school?
1: I did, yeah, which was a huge move and just frightening,
0: really how, frightening. How old was you? Eighteen. Wow.
1: I remember my mum dropped me off, like she did the classic, we went to Ikea and got loads of stuff and tat. And then like, I remember her getting on the train to go back to Devon. And it was the first time, because I was, the whole time she was there, I was like, oh my God, could you just go? Like, everyone's going to see that you're here. (laughs) And she was just, she was just like, I'm just trying to fill your cupboards. I was like, everything you're doing is embarrassing. You need to just get out. And um, bless her being really nice. And then she was, we were at the train at Paddington and I've been pushing her and pushing and pushing her to go. And then she, I remember seeing her get on the platform and this wave of just like, don't go, please don't go. Like the panic of suddenly going, I'm going to have to be me now. I'm going to have to be a, a version of myself to this whole group of people who don't know, know who I am and my new part of my life sort of thing. And it was overwhelming, like hugely overwhelming because you suddenly go, I'm, I have to now stand on my own two feet and I've been wanting it. But now that it's here, I feel really like woo, woo, about it.
0: How long did it take to kind of find your feet, I guess?
1: I mean, London's still quite scary for me. I mean, I'd say, I mean, I remember us I going to Stoke Newington and, I remember, and being on the bus from, like, Old Street to Stoke Newington, and I was like, this is the furthest I've ever been in London. <laughs> and it wasn't even that far. Like, it just isn't that far. But I remember being like, oh, my God, this is basically the sticks. And um, so, yeah, I don't – I really don't – I'd say – it maybe took about six years yeah. before I properly felt like not, not worried about going anywhere. But even I remember South London for ages. I was like, where? Like, yeah, just terrible. Get the fear of getting caught in Clapham. Cause I was like, because it was before maps. So you yeah. were like, couldn't tell you, yeah. couldn't tell you where I, I am. I still get like, that in get...
0: South London. I'm not going to lie. I
1: know <laughs> South London's got such a bad rep, <laughs> you No, know, but like it was terrifying at that point when you didn't yeah. have a blue dot on your phone showing you where you were. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, aside from all of the, the kind of readjustment and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, in regards to your capabilities at drama school, were you confident?
1: <laughs> um, I think it's a really interesting time of self-discovery. I think I had a version of myself that I was very happy to put out when you come from school. Yeah. You have your sort of thing of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is who I am. This is what I like. I'm very black and white about stuff. Don't mess with me sort of vibes. And then that goes in about a month yep. and you're like sort of left there going, oh my God, I don't have any opinions and I don't really know anything about anything. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I still sort of float around in that kind of place. Yeah.
1: I know, I know. it's a really grey matter place. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was, so no, I was, I was confident that I enjoyed the work and I enjoyed playing and I, but I remember, it's, I remember being really scared about looking silly in front of these cool new people who knew about drama, um, who'd been to London theatres and seen loads of stuff and knew how to get into Notting Hill on the Tube. Like, they all <laughs> were just really cool. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really, I mean, a lot of it is just blagging it. And then and then even your first sort of few, I mean, the, our whole career is blagging it. You go to most rooms and go, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, 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 I totally feel about this, about this character and I totally understand everything you're saying. And then you just panic and do yeah. loads of research after. But so much of the job is is that. But also, obviously, as you work, like, there is a sense of going, I of confidence of going, I know what I can at least do. Yeah. So it's not always having a confidence of going, I can walk into any room. But I think if you can be as transparent sometimes as possible, it's better than pretending to have all the answers, which I think you, you spend a lot of your early life doing Definitely. because of fear of not knowing. Yeah. You know? Whereas I think embracing that I don't know is such a joy.
0: Completely. Well, I imagine one of the other things that presented itself at 18 when you get to London is clubbing.
1: Oh, my God, Stu, I wish you'd see me at 18. (laughs) (laughs) Because the fact that this question was even on there, I had to ring my friend Moo and I was like, have we been to a club ever? And she was like, you must have been to Fabric or Ministry of Sound. Fabric was so close to your drama school. And I was like, genuinely, no. Like, I just, people did do it. Mm. (laughs) Like, I have a vague recollection. But the only clubbing I can remember doing was either like places like Tiger Tiger or... Or candy store, or like just re- like places where the floor lit up, like rather than really cool places. Yeah, like I just and also because London, we we were all at drama school, so like no one had any money, and we were always working. So yeah. I don't, I I didn't have the uni experience of clubbing.
0: Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like I can make you feel better about this because you're Please probably do. you're probably in about eighty percent of the guests like because anybody genuinely yeah uh, anybody in the arts like so comedians are generally doing stand-up actors are generally acting musicians are touring and and DJs are DJing they're not dancing and and so that answer of I I didn't really do it
1: just
0: didn't do it 80% of the guests have said that
1: okay that makes me feel so much better because I do really feel I feel really envious like there's a group of people who I know who club or go to festivals. And I do feel really envious of that friendship unit because you've got loads of memories and loads of, like, stuff.
0: So when you spoke to your best friend, did she give you any kind of heads up on on songs that you may have uh, found yourself (laughs) falling around Tiger Tiger to? <laughs>
1: she said she was like, "Let's be well." First of all, she was like, "Don't lie, don't lie and say a song that you think's cool because then they're going to ask you about it and you're not going to be able to talk about it." And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, she's absolutely right," and that was my instinct. Um, but actually, if I if I think about the song that really soundtracked going out, it was Mr. Brightside. Yeah. It just was. It was such a tune, and it is still such a tune. And it is amazing that it never ends. Like it just follows you in different parts of your life. And now it's at weddings all the time. But like it is the cra- it just it's the it's the floor filler.
0: It's it's perfect. Oh perfect pop music. There's I nothing wrong it. with that. And I had I had one of the killers on the podcast.
1: I know. I saw and I was overwhelmed.
0: And when. I asked him for the greatest ever intro. I thought, are you Come on. fucking joking? You wrote yeah. Mr. Brightside. Why are you not choosing <laughs> 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 Oh, no. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of them songs that <sighs> I, I've, I, I DJ at my, my venue. I run a, an indie club. And, and so for the last, it's probably 15 to 20 years old now, that song, it's been rinsed. And it got to the point where I thought, I think... I've had enough of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then
0: I saw them perform it live at a smaller stage at Glastonbury and they played it like it was their first ever tour and they played it with (sighs) such passion and it just thundered through and I just thought, this is just reminding me. that When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other
1: businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's
0: Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the perfect pop song. And like, the fact that like my kids dance to their to, it's the the biggest song of the night at their prom, and I just think yeah. it's crazy how these certain songs weave their way into just the fabric yeah. of life, and like, yeah. and it's just wherever you go, where there's a connection and a collective of people, some songs as a DJ, I know that record will get yeah. me out of trouble anywhere. Yeah, yeah, drop yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And the party starts. It's it's uh, it's a gem, isn't it? Oh
1: God, it's just so good. And I mean, I think it was actually the first song that I ever had as a ringtone as well. Like it was, I just wanted it everywhere at all, at all points. Yeah, it's just. Re- it was just. Oh, it was just such a good song to scream sing as well. Like to really scream sing. <laughs>
0: Like, I've never really heard is. that you said it like <laughs> it's like an actual thing oh my god you singing no 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 I was scream singing no
1: no I was screaming <laughs> what were you doing last night scream singing <laughs> yeah but like that thing of being a horse but also it's a great one for weddings if you don't know loads of people definitely like it is one of those ones where you're like oh do you know what I think John's really sound like you just meet people really quick, <laughs> really quickly um, yeah it's it's yeah it's just one of the greatest songs I think ever
0: perfect Let's take you home. Yeah. Favorite song from an artist from your home county, please?
1: This was quite tricky because mm. I had to do some Googling in terms of who it was from Devon. I was aware of your big ones. I was aware of Joss Stone mm. and I was aware of Will Young. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be uh, Chris Martin, Coldplay, mm. and I'm going to say Fix You
0: oh uh, it's the best one it's the best it
1: one. it is the best one I mean I have to say I, I out of nostalgia I then went through Rush Blood to the Head and like went through a lot of the tracks and god like I have such strong memories for each of those songs of like being somewhere or thinking about someone or obsessing about someone mm. um but Fix You was just I don't know just re- felt really personal and I think I mean, obviously, you know, I I now know sort of you know stories about why it was written or who it was for or whatever. But even at the time, you were like, oh, this just hits somewhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. You're the first person to ever chose a Coldplay record on here, and I'm stunned
1: <gasps> on your whole show.
0: Yeah, 350 episodes, and you. Have Sorry, literally... Stu. I'm,
1: I mean, I'm so glad I haven't listened to all of your other episodes because I think <laughs> the, the crippling shame of then coming on would have been horrendous. But
0: no, no, like because. Like Sometimes I think Coldplay get a, a, a hard time. They do get a Yeah, they do. But I think go back and listen to them first few albums and yeah. there's not a dud on them. Uh, I saw them a few times. Have you seen them live?
1: No, I haven't. My friend has moved, but no, I haven't.
0: I saw them on the Rush Your Blood tour um, on the first night and the last night. And mm. that the first night was still one of the best gigs I'd ever seen because I think, I don't even know if the album had been out, but you—you mm. you was hearing like some of the songs like the first time, and they were like, "Oh my god, these yeah. are like ridiculous!" Like, and you'd seen them go from <clears throat> your yellows and troubles from this, yeah. this breaking band to like, "Oh right, hang on, no, these are stadium filling rock stars." Yes. this is like, this is something special. And I will tell you what, there's a, a documentary uh, on Amazon Prime. I think it's called like Head Full of Dreams or something like that. Yeah, And and it's the story of Coldplay. And there's, I don't know if you know this, but there's there's five members. So the fifth member's their manager who met them at uni when they all met. And he oh, filmed wow. everything. So he's filmed their first like, house parties where they're playing the guitar, first ever gig. And they've put this thing together and it's their five of them and their journey as friends. And it's, I've not really been a big fan of what they've done after Fix You, really. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But... It's a beautiful documentary that that just friendship rides through everything, and like oh. it's it's a lovely watch. And yeah, you, you get a couple of hours like uh, on oh, a I'm Sunday totally or whatever. Check that out. It's, yeah. it's a lovely watch. It, it, it really is. But I don't know if you do this, but like if I'm feeling a little blue,
1: yeah,
0: I'll listen to something sad. But yeah. the thing that does me is crowd singing. Right. If I hear crowds yeah. singing, it breaks me in half. Yeah. And if you YouTube, Coldplay fix you. Oh, my and, like, and you hear, like, the Glastonbury crowd singing it, like, yeah. oh, I've got to literally just give myself goosebumps. Yeah. It's like. But
1: you're totally right, you know, because actually, when we were talking about the pandemic, because Glastonbury did a whole thing of mm. um, releasing, you know, highlights from Glastonbury over the years and stuff, and we watched quite a few of them. And I was weeping because it was, it was just that it was the collective shared experience. And obviously because of what I do and the fact that, you know, theatres and that side of my industry was also gone. Like, that's what we crave is just that, that one heartbeat of people, which you cannot replicate, like, screen and everything is brilliant and of course you know streaming and netflix and all of that is fantastic it is just not the same thing as being in a group of people and as you say you get that that you know um goose pimple experience and it's just oh god i just think it's incredible
0: you've created a really beautiful picture in my head then but it's kind of side side soundtrack by you scream singing it though
1: oh yeah if I was next to you you wouldn't enjoy it don't get me wrong and you'd be like remember that girl ruining my experience oh 100% you but like you know it's still it's nice isn't it it's nice to have things to talk about but yeah no I just think oh yeah I think I do think Fix You is a a beautiful song
0: couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and you mentioned um obviously theatre and acting and I touched Mm. on confidence. Earlier, Natalie. And 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 I always like to ask guests that that generally kind of struggle with the confidence question sometimes, of like, Mm. well, I sort of am in some areas. What about drive? Are you driven?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I am. I I think there has to be a drive and there has to be a certain amount of confidence to do what we do. I think it would be bizarre or slightly bizarre of me to be like, oh, no, don't look at me. Oh, by the way, clap, though, when I'm done. I think there's... I mean, <laughs> I, can under, I can totally understand a lot of actors are shy and, you know, experience incredible um, confidence issues and all, all of that, and I can understand that, because it's weird. It's a very weird thing to do. Mm. But actually, I've, I'd say the most exposed I've ever felt... I've done one musical, <clears throat> or, like, a proper musical, like, full musical, I mean, and that was... And I, I did Bend It Like Beckham... And that was the first time I'd ever sung like that in a a work environment. And in terms of feeling vulnerable and exposed, there is nothing like it. It is like acting times a thousand because you cannot hide. And I think, however, the exhilaration of singing because of that openness and because of that, um, I don't know, I guess that sort of uh, shared experience for the audience I can totally see I can see the rush like I can totally it was my one probable rock star moment really yeah. in terms of that and I think it's a it's addictive so yes it, to, to answer your question yes I do think there is drive I think if I didn't have it I I would have chosen something much easier yeah. <laughs> like I just would have done like there's lots of careers that I'm sure could have brought me joy and stability and a lot more um safety yeah. than than what I've chosen um, however, I think I, I chose to pursue something that, that totally makes my heart sing. And I think there are, it's, it's really a roller coaster ride, but it, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't give it up. Wonderful.
0: Well, last track and, uh, you play Tastemaker here. And so for track <laughs> seven, Natalie, I'm going to ask <laughs> you, please, you're, you're making me nervous at the fact that you're laughing now. This is going to be another shocker. <laughs> But it's this ju- is the closing <laughs> credits to Baywatch. No, it's not.
1: But do you know what? I don't know if you'll even know the song.
0: Okay. Well, I that's the really. idea. That's the I idea. Know, I've,
1: really, I've really put it out there now, and you're going to be like, everyone knows this song. Okay. So I actually had to Google this song because the reason I chose it is because I thought my dad wrote it. <laughs> um, so it was one of those songs that was in my childhood, and he'd sing it all the time. And I thought it was really banging, like yeah. a really banging tune. But thought he'd written it also feel like he didn't correct me on that. And I, I feel like he really egged on this thing that he had written it. So I actually had to Google it, but it's called the clapping song by Shirley Ellis.
0: Three, six, nine, the goose yes! track. The, <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> the line broke the monkey got yeah. Shot, and they all went. Down. Yeah. I, I thought he wrote it. Mm. So, um, then having listened to it and, uh, realising that he hadn't. But the the joy of that song, it's very difficult to not listen to it and and not be happy. Yeah. It's just unadulterated. I mean, a lot of my songs are unadulterated joy or I want to cry or scream sing to them. Um, but this one is a definite... Um, You just put it on and smile. Also think of my dad, because he didn't write it, but... <laughs> I love he'd the fact like that. that he
0: dined out on it for a bit, though. Oh, my
1: God. Totally. <laughs> like, totally. I remember being in the car and thinking, oh, my God, he's really smashed this.
0: Well, I don't know how old your dad is, but it did get, like, like I, think, I can't think who it was that covered it in the early 80s. Like, Must um, have been, yeah. Somebody covered it in the early 80s, and that's how I heard it. I didn't hear, like, the original until much later, like, the, 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 the Shirley Ellis version. Have you heard Shirley Ellis do the name game No. So have you ever watched – oh, gosh, Lady Gaga was in it, uh, the TV series um, uh, American Horror Story?
1: I haven't seen it because it's scary.
0: Ah, right. There's an amazing scene where they do uh, this this song called The Name Game – Go on YouTube, and if you okay, find the name down. game, but yeah. if you like the clapping song, you will love this because it's just as infectious, such as quirky and cool as uh, as the clapping song. You're going to love it, and I, I, I'm pretty sure your dad didn't write it, but uh, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, maybe Wikipedia. I, 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 is I, can, just a check. I can definitely say no. Yeah, <laughs> the name game. I'm totally going to check that out. Yeah. See, that's the gift of song. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. absolutely, and oh, the clapping songs are brilliant choice again no one's ever mentioned that on you that's a great song
1: I know Steve but you're really saying that as an act of kindness no I'm not I
0: I literally I love that song
1: (laughs) I feel like a lot of yours are like it's so weird I've done 300 shows and nobody likes any of your songs um But I feel really proud to be unique. I really hope someone listens to this and goes, "Do you know what? That poor Nat girl. She's got terrible taste in music, but she's she's given us a bit of honesty."
0: Well, we put together a Spotify <laughs> playlist. Oh um, my god, it's
1: going to be the least listened to one. Well, that should we've I just got. put up
0: now forty eight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you know what? Just put that on. It will be exactly the same. Um, Yeah, do that. So we
0: do put a a playlist together, Uh, Natalie, of all of the songs that we spoke about today. I I think you're you're selling yourself short. There's some crackers on this playlist.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I won't check how many people are listening to it, but like (laughs) I'd say if you're feeling a bit blue, but on my one.
0: Okay. Maybe skip fix you though if you're feeling a bit blue.
1: Oh, yeah, no, true. Yeah, true. (laughs)
0: Um, so moving forwards as we um, approach the end of 2021 as a far more happy and connected uh, and I guess more back to a a world that we were more sort of comfortable with and familiar with. What are you looking forward to from the rest of this year personally and what's going to be happening professionally?
1: I, what am I looking forward to? I think allowing myself to just ha- go and do things more. <laughs> like I know that sounds really basic, but I think it's really easy to go. Oh, I maybe shouldn't. I sh- maybe shouldn't go on that trip. Instead, I'll just get a boiler. Or like it's very easy to sort of be pragmatic mm-hmm. uh, and also put put off seeing friends until it's an occasion. Mm-hmm. And I think. um if anything coming out of it, it's, it's way more about just go out, just go out, have dinner, go out for drinks, whatever, just be so, we are social beings, be with each other, you know? So I'm definitely going to take that forward. Um, Sandylands, uh, the show that I filmed this year is coming out this weekend. Wonderful. So um, I'm really excited about that being out there and, um, and yeah, hopefully just um, more filming and hopefully more theatre but just work yeah work work work
0: lovely and if people want to keep up to speed with everything you're doing where's the best place to find out what you're up to
1: uh, socials i mean i guess is. i mean is what everyone says i guess socials Yep. <laughs> i've never i've never actually said that out loud <laughs> just find me on my socials um but yeah i think probably being honest yeah, yeah. i think that's probably the best way
0: okay well we'll uh, we'll tag you in it when this comes out um Natalie I've had such fun today it's been such a joy chatting with you mate
1: (laughs) you've really really uh made my morning I was incredibly anxious I had a lot of coffee and um yeah now I feel like I've actually had a lovely time
0: (laughs) wonderful thanks thanks G. oh wow what a chat oh it was just so much fun that um I loved the fact that Natalie was um concerned that she wasn't going to be picking uh, cool records. There's no coolness about this podcast. I think you all know that by now. Pick the records that soundtrack that point and like and yeah, no one was cool when they were kids, you know? If you are, I'm questioning that. Um yeah, wonderful chat. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, mm. <coughs> excuse me. Um also uh, at the uh I didn't mention it at the beginning, but if you'd like to support the podcast, then go check out my Patreon. Uh, Patreon's like a kind of crowdfunder um, where I don't cough in the microphone. Um, it's like a crowdfunder um, type thing where it's like a complete sort of standalone social media account, really, where basically you pay me 99 pence a month. What's that, 20p a week? Uh, and then each week I'll upload video episodes, um, radio shows, um, Spotify playlists um, and also uh, a back catalogue you have access to of like 200 uh, episodes that have never been released to the general public. Uh, And yeah, um, by doing that, you support the podcast. It all goes in the pot to pay for the production of this. And yeah, so it's much appreciated. So you can find out about that at Patreon patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track or anything else you need to know about this podcast, just go to your one-stop shop, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Thanks again to Natalie for giving up her time to have that lovely chat. Uh, I'll see you next week. Be excellent to each other. Love you. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stu Whipping.
1: In